Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. We are so excited for today's guest. Unfortunately, Caroline can't join us today. She's working on a secret project, which we'll release to you guys all soon. But today, we have a fantastic guest. Mallory Matheson. She's an Atlanta-based designer who blends classical richness of the past with an endless design possibilities of today. Mallory's work has been featured in Southern Homes, Atlanta Homes, Garden and Gun, and most recently in the 2022 Flower Magazine Showhouse here in Atlanta. And we ran into her there and we loved her rooms. And I think you have some of the elements that we're that we've been talking about nonstop. So we are so excited to have you here. Welcome, Mallory. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with the two of you. And I'm sure that Caroline is making a lot of progress on her project elsewhere. <laughs> She's having less I fun. I hope so. Yeah, less fun for I sure. I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were so excited to meet you at the show house and your room was so lovely and your whole team was just having the best time. We immediately wanted to join your team, quit our job and be with you guys all day. We thought we would actually start by talking about the show house just because yes. it was so gorgeous. I know. Um, it, it, it went by so, you know, with so much time preparing for it. We had a lot more time with the show house than typically with other show houses because of construction delays and things were pushed back. So we had a lot of time to put into the design of this. And it then went by so quickly. And now it feels like it was eons ago, but it was so much fun. And we <laughs> loved meeting you all at the opening night party as well. And are so glad that you enjoyed our Gilded Garden room. It was such a delight to work on. It started with the wallpaper. We knew that we had a bedroom space, but we knew that we didn't want to do a traditional bedroom, that we wanted to do a space that um, had a lot of personality. And whenever I do show house rooms, I really want to create a story. So when people walk in, they can kind of guess the character or people or whoever, homeowner, who, who lives there. So I'm trying to actually create a character. And the oh. inhabitant of the Gilded Garden was, uh, in our mind's eye, the lady of the house who was very busy with her social engagements and running the house and shuttling children around. And she wanted a little getaway that was just all about her. So created a room that lady of the house could come, close the door, invite some girlfriends over, take a nap, you know, read a book, play <laughs> a little like, you know, rummy cube or backgammon, all while having a glass of rosé and just sort of escape from the world, which I think every woman, man, child <laughs> that we know, um, you know, at some point or another wants to have a place where they can escape. So we thought we would just make a very beautiful little getaway. It was. And it wasn't just one room. It was Suite of rooms, right? You know, I I tend to have this situation where whenever I agree to do a show house room, it turns into like five rooms. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but this isn't the first time one show house room has kind of grown and um, spread its tentacles out. So we had uh, we had a number of rooms. We had, we had the gilded garden, which was the salon, the sitting room. There was a lovely bathroom, which we were able to collaborate with. Uh, timber tile and, and come up with a one-of-a-kind marble design for the floor there that was really fun and then there was a there were two little vestibules and then also a very small little little space that we call the study um, and it faced the front of the house and had a nice little terrace off of it and one thing that was really cool about this house is given the amount of time we had and the willingness of the builder to work with us on really custom things we were able to create some some one-of-a-kind elements that typically you don't get to utilize in a show house just 
if for nothing else, the time frames don't allow it. So um, like the towel in the bathroom and uh, a few other things. So we had three spaces. Our idea was that you would come in, you could sit, have a glass of rosé, catch up with your friends, and then you could go retire to the little study and take an afternoon nap. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So you could spend the whole day there. <laughs> you could. You would never have to leave. That's that's the glory of that, of that space. You never have to leave. I, I, we, spent, we spent a few days working there just throughout kind of the run of show uh, when there were a lot of people who came from out of town, different garden clubs from across the Southeast, bust in their members to do tours of the home, which was awesome. They had such an amazing turnout, really just unprecedented. They sold out the tickets um, almost immediately. And so there were, there were a lot of people coming through who were genuinely interested in what what the designs were and the thought process behind them. So when we could be there and talk to the people coming through, we tried to to be available for that. And it was very rewarding. So there were a few days where either I or another member of our team, you know, bring a laptop, sit at the little desk in there. And then ah. easily like around four o'clock, move over and pour yourself a glass of rosé. And a few times that we were there a little bit later, we um, put a lot of rosé on ice and poured glasses for whoever was coming through to see the room. And so that was, <laughs> that was a, popular, a popular thing as well. Well, I know it, your team was so fun and so great to meet Thank at you. the show house. I mean, yes, it they was, are very fun. We, we ended up having, time. closing the night with you. Like they almost kicked us out because we were the last ones to leave the show house. I know. Well, and, and it wasn't, you know, the opening night party, it started really early. And so they were closing in at like eight o'clock. So it, you know, I mean, saying that we were the last people there, it wasn't like it was midnight. It was only 8 p.m. So <laughs> no, don't, don't it wasn't. Feel that it wasn't. Badly about it. I think there was a lot of Thank you. <laughs> you make us not feel so bad. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We were ladies. We were just enjoying the space so much. Right. Well, and that's um, what it's there for. So it was kind of an interesting um kind of shape room didn't it have a clip corner and stuff well, so how did you kind of handle that well the room was uh, on the original plans the room was an octagon and the architect came in so the original plans we actually had the gracie paper custom made to the original plans which were from a year prior to when that was installed the architect came in and they decided okay this room is upstairs it's it really needs to be an upstairs bedroom but there was no wall for a bed so they, they changed the shape of the room on site to accommodate a flat wall that could take a queen size bed. At this point, the grace paper was already made. So we had all these challenges coming in with how are we going to make this paper work when the you know builder and the architect have changed the shape of it after a custom element had already been in place, but ended up working out fine. I don't think too many people noticed but yes, the room really kind of the shape of the room. Uh, we were, we thought this has to be. I feel like a jewel box. Sort of had this, you know, these cut corners, this beautiful shape, almost like a little faceted jewel. And so we felt like it had to be something that had a reflective, kind of luminescent quality to it. And we were. I was actually just looking. Or really, my mom was looking on Instagram one day, and she sent me a screenshot of a story Jen Gracie with Gracie Studios had put up and it said, pulling this out of the archives. And my mom sent me a screenshot and said, look how fabulous this paper is that Jen Gracie has up. And I immediately screenshotted my mom's screenshot, sent it to Jen Gracie and said, we want to use this paper. Uh, it's going to feel like you're in the middle of, you know, a, a block of gold or something, you know, just so luxurious and glowing and, um, it, it just it had the right feel. And so it was a vintage Gracie pattern that they were reintroducing. So this in the show house it was the first time that the paper has been used in a modern, I want to say modern, and we need to ask Jen the date uh, exactly, but it was it, the, the last time it was used was in the 60s at some point. So <gasps> how cool are yeah. you? That's so cool. And then we put <laughs> And then we just want, I wanted to do, I wanted it to be really feminine and I wanted to use pink and coral and we kind of went around with the different colors that were in the paper, but the paper was really the catalyst for the whole thing and is what made the room truly feel like a jewel box. 
when you when you come in. It just kind of gave you a little warm, glittery hug. How did you handle the lighting to go with that? Because again, part of the jewel box, I would imagine getting the lighting perfect. Oh, well, so we did sconces on the walls that had uh, pretty little shades on them that were made out of pink silk. So that kind of added to the glowy feel. The light fixtures we used were brass and crystal. So modern, very sleek, but they had kind of a crystal glass element to them. And then the light that we chose overhead. So a lighting company was a sponsor of the show house. And so we had to really pick within their offerings. And one of the light fixtures that I, I wanted some interesting shadow patterns. I love light fixtures that are kind of multi, multi-dimensional. And the light fixture that we chose has some butterflies uh, made out of gilt metal that when the light shines up, it sort of casts the shadow all around the ceiling and on the upper part of the walls where it looks like butterflies are kind of flitting around and there are butterflies in the Gracie wallpaper. So it was just a nice little tie together. Mm-hmm. And the room had a lot of natural light too. And other than the party where we met there, the house was mostly open during the daytime. And so how, I mean, honestly, the majority of the time that people were coming through and looking at the house, all the lights were off. Mm-hmm. And it was just natural, natural light coming in. Mm-hmm. There's some other designers who did not have such good direct natural light. Um, but we were fortunate with that. So look good at night and in the daytime. I, yeah, I took some pictures during the daytime and it, the wallpaper just glows the sun with the natural light. Did. It's so pretty. It was really just felt so g- the glowing. Yes. Well, thank you so much for saying all those nice things about the space. We're sad that it's gone. Oh, it was now to look at it. And yeah. uh, <laughs> all of our dear friends on Instagram have really liked the space. So, uh, you know, we're excited that even though some people weren't able to come to Atlanta, see it in person, that through the Flower Magazine and through Instagram, they could enjoy it as well. I want to loop back about hanging artwork when you have a patterned wallpaper mm-hmm. like this, like this is such a precious wallpaper, but you, you did, there were some spots where you hung artwork on top of it. I know. Was that scary? Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that. I was actually in a project this week where we installed a Gracie mural in their dining room five years ago. And she's had a mirror that we purchased three years ago and still hasn't hung it because she's so nervous. To put the whole ah, paper. Yes. Do it. We can do it. It's fine. Um, I, you know, so a few things about these really special mule papers. They are the art. I mean, it is the main, it, it's the focal point. Um, it is the art. That said, I think that you absolutely can hang on top of it. I mean, I, you're not going to like gallery hang floor to ceiling and cover it all up. But some strategically pr- placed things, um, I love doing an abstract painting on top of a traditional feeling mural, obviously a mirror. And whenever you work with uh, with custom mural papers, you know, there's so many now that you can buy digitally printed that you can't customize. But if you have the opportunity to work with a company where you can customize, they'll do a drawing, an elevation drawing of the entire room. And if you're planning the room and you know, let's say in a dining room over a sideboard, you're going to have a mirror. Or if you have, you know, a pair of chests and you know you're going to have paintings above those. What you want to do is just make sure that there are no really special elements in those spaces. So it can absolutely be a flowering tree. You just wouldn't want to have, let's say, like a beautiful birdcage with a special bar. You know, we, we want to make sure those elements are kind of outside of the areas where we're going to hang art. So you, you know, it's not blank where the art is. It's still part of the design, but if there's any element that's really important, we just want to make sure that's in a place where something would not be hung on top of it. If you're going with, again, you know, there's so many companies now that are doing these digitally printed scenic murals because not that they've ever, gone out of style or been more, I think a lot of it has to do with Instagram. People just see everything a lot more and, you know, you're seeing things and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. How am I going to get it? And so a lot of companies um, are are making things that are a little bit more affordable than totally custom hand-painted overseas takes, you know, a year to get. And with that, I feel like you just go for it. 
you know, you're not going to get as many different repeats and special, like you just kind of go for it and mm-hmm. follow your gut on it. But I say no guts, no glory, like just go for it. Don't be scared. <laughs> you know, no, That's true. no I, harm yeah. is ever going to come from hanging a mirror on a paper. <laughs> well, it looked amazing. Hey. Now, what about hanging your mirror in the show house on top of your beautiful fabric over the day bed? Oh, yeah. How do you do that? Oh, wow. You just get a great professional hanger to do it. <laughs> you got to pay somebody. Okay. You have to pay somebody to do it the right way. I don't know. You have to kind of like put a but back go... on it and make a cut in the, in the back of the bed. Okay, they do make a cut. Then you have, well, okay. it actually, it did, didn't make a cut. I'm sorry. It was in two pieces. And we kind of pulled it mm. together. So, you know, it's almost the curtains that are closed. If they're if they're full, you can't tell where the, the yes. middle part is, where they would separate. Ah. So it was, yeah, we actually didn't make a cut in it. But, but, you know, we do have to do that if you're doing bed hangings and they're um, sconces or anything is mm-hmm. possible and much more streamlined if you know it's going to be there and you plan for it. Uh, I think where you get into the issues okay. where you would have to cut something or, you know, is if you're adding it later. But, um, okay. you know, if you have a tricky hanging situation, you just got to get a good professional hanger. Professional. Mm-hmm. Really, sometimes they'll have these solutions that I would never come up with. Yeah. When hanging something <laughs> tricky. You know, if you want to get like a mirror that's hanging out, that's reflecting a little bit down compared to right up or, yeah. you know, those sorts of things. Two, three. Yeah, that sounds like a friend hard. I need. One of those people you keep in your pocket where you're like, oh, my professional hanger. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, I need one of those. I want to talk about, because again, your room had a beautiful bar and most of your spaces have a beautiful bar set up of some sort. And I just wanted to know, okay, how do we make our bars look amazing like you do? And how do we have what we need to be ready for guests because yours always seem party ready so i think so I'll, I'll take just my bar at home for example i think that's a good so i love having on the bar you have your tray out all the time and then i always have out i collect uh antique wine coasters so whether they're sterling or they're glass with the sterling border or they're porcelain or they're brass or they're wooden wood and sterling I think that the, the number one key to having a prepared bar is to just always, when you find something you love, buy it. And I feel like this goes not only for your bar, but for table settings, all of these things. Like you don't wait until the friends are coming over to then make the acquisitions that you need to have a good party. You just buy along the way. And so buying wine coasters, buying interesting bottle openers, buying pretty vintage shakers, buying like stirs or thing, and then just kind of creating that whatever you find wherever you happen to be and you see something you like just buy it and that's how you create your inventory of things that you use when you're entertaining I always have out on my bar a few wine coasters so whenever I'm opening a bottle of wine you can just stick it right there I have all of my glassware totally separate the in my bar I have things that we would use for wine or liquor drinks I don't have any like turvis tumblers or water bottles or plastic cups or any of that all that type of thing is over by the dishwasher and you know what the kids are using what we're using every day I only have the glassware that we're using at the you know over at the bar at the bar so the glasses are there obviously you have a little fridge there with your wine a little cabinet for your liquor your mixers and just keeping everything right there I love doing small, having small drawers where you can have uh, little different kinds of corks to put in them, your cocktail napkins, your foil cutters. And I really love, this bar did not have it, but I love having a little lamp on the bar too. You can turn on ambient lighting. Uh, And then I love having a little piece of art. And my bar at home, I have just this line drawing um, that I just prop up. At the bar at the show house, we had a beautiful oil painting. But I think giving a like a lamp, a piece of art, even if your bar is just, you know, on top of a chest or if it's on a bar cart, if you can get a few little things that uh, that, that make it feel uh, homey and, and styled that are outside of a bottle of something to drink. 
<laughs> I think yeah, it's a, good, yeah. it's a good thing to do. So I guess my tip on creating a good bar is to just always keep your eyes open and collect. Speaking of collecting, there are so many sweet little fun cheeky moments in your in I think a lot of your rooms, but definitely in the show house, whether it was the fake cigarettes on the table next to the backgammon game yeah, or I love this. That was a crowd or, favorite. Oh my gosh, that had me cracking up. And the old telephone, the old princess oh telephone. God. That was my grandmother. Was so fantastic. <laughs> you know, and then the the pillows with the fun embroidery on them. Mm-hmm. Which were just yeah. All of that just, and again, like back to show houses, I always try to kind of create this, this character of somebody who would live there and just every little element like that, whether it's kind of cheeky, a little whimsical, a little fun. And we were like, I hope nobody gets offended by the cigarettes. And somebody did message me on Instagram and said, I love everything you're doing except <laughs> the cigarettes. And I just wrote back and said, they're candy. <laughs> you know it's a prop it's candy um so I think that just anything that's that's fun and it just takes it it's a little different than accessorizing it is kind of more like propping than accessorizing Mm -hmm. but it's creating a moment that looks like somebody just got up and walked away not necessarily like it's staged for a model photo shoot or looking necessarily so perfect it's more of like here's a snapshot into a moment in a space so you get the feeling of what was going on there which i thought was really fun Thank especially you. in a show house because it did it did feel like you know the most interesting person in the room just left and if you hang out she'll be right back because <laughs> her cigarettes right there <laughs> Well, that is really what great. my what all of our intention was in doing it. So I was so glad it was successful. Yeah. Now you've done uh, a few show houses. Uh, what have mm-hmm. you really learned, and what do you love about them? Gosh, I think I was counting. I've done. I think I've done ten show houses. My first show house was, uh, I think, was the two thousand eight. 2008 Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles Holiday House. It was either 2008 or 2009. Um, What have I learned? Well, the Flower Show House was such just a get. The time that we had to see our designs through was totally out of the ordinary with that. I mean, typically you're on a very tight time frame and your your real clients, you know, the, the people who've hired you, to help make their home beautiful, they, you know, you have to kind of put some things on hold because you're focusing so much time on the show house. And I did not feel like that was the case with this one because we had so much time to prepare. What have I learned? I've learned that you stay on the good side of the contractor. You do whatever you can (laughs) to make sure that they don't think that you're one of those mean, you know, high maintenance designer people. So when you do ask them to do something, hopefully they'll do it. And you just only worry about the things that you can control. Because when you're doing a show house, so much is out of your control. And, um, you know, there are a lot, lots of times there are different vendors or people who have um, just not, you have investors, you have a magazine, you have designers, you have, you know, people who are putting in a lot of, a lot of their time and talents free of charge to do it. And then some, sometimes people get a little bit of, you know, their feathers ruffled. So you just have to kind of keep it even keel and only worry about what you have direct control over. And then, you know, it's the last day on a show house, people are always saying, I'll never do this again. And then <laughs> the night of the opening party, people are saying, I can't wait to do the next one. So well there i've never done one but i have enjoyed many and i am so grateful that designers continue to um, make that mistake yeah we're really (laughs) fortunate in atlanta has got such an offering of designer show houses throughout the year and um you know it is it's something that i think people in atlanta who are design enthusiasts and love to look at houses which who i mean who doesn't um, it's a real gift to the community here and to the charities that these show houses support. But 
it's a fun activity. People love to come out and, you know, go to the show house and go have lunch or, you know, make a day of it with your girlfriends or your um, sisters or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's a fun thing we have. Okay. I have one more thing I want to sure. talk about in the show house because I, I think this inspired all three of us is that you had a little pass through from from the sitting room in the golden jewel box mm-hmm. to the little office mm-hmm. day bed mm-hmm. situation. And it was just this little pink hallway that was a funky shape. And you took artwork of all different sizes and shapes and mirrors and loaded every possible space in this pass through with art and in a, in a space that you would normally just kind of pass through. <laughs> and we and also, we all stopped and like checked everything out and from floor to ceiling around doors, around windows. It was really fun. No, I love a gallery wall. And I feel like so many designers in that show house did. We joked and said, okay, the, con- the, the things that you're going to see in this show house are scenic wallpaper gallery walls, uh, <laughs> uh, pedestals, which I didn't have any pedestals in our space that we use, but pedestals and a bar. Oh, and a bar. Right. Like <laughs> a bar, scenic wall, wallpaper, gallery wall, or pedestals. You have those four things. You're like, you're in, in the fold there. I, you know, a gallery wall, room, hallway, whatever it may be. It's just fun. It's such a little feast for the sensations to come in and see. I just, I love it. I mean, you know, when you're coming through, every time you walk through, you see something a little different and it's just, it's fun. It's a great way to show off. I love a mix of things, whether it's, I mean, there were things hanging in that hallway that my kids did when they were like five years old and there were other oil paintings in there that are, are, you know, that, that were pretty valuable and random things in between. So I think that it's just, it's mixed. It's, it's a fun way to get a lot of different mediums together and create something that's really, really interesting, whether you kind of have the time to, to take it all in at once, or if you do it in your own home, you can just add, mm-hmm. add to it over time. I think it's a great way that a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, I, I want to buy something, but I don't have anywhere to put it. So if you have an area where you're doing a gallery wall, it always gives you a place to add something you know, to it. You never sort of on this, like, oh, I really want to buy this little watercolor, but where would I put it? Um, I feel like it kind of takes that, that, that pressure off having to have somewhere to put it. Because if you have a gallery wall, you know, it can still, it can always grow. But it's always been one of my favorite things to do. I mean, I obviously didn't create it. Lots of the best designers do it all over, (laughs) you know, since, since the beginning of, um, of modern day decorating people. I mean, you look back at English homes, you know, in the stair halls and the, and it's just portrait over portrait over portrait over portrait. So it's something that's been around for a long time and is definitely here to stay. That was a real treat. Thank you. You don't have to have, do you ever do the same frame, the same framing for each piece of art or do you always mix it up? Uh, I, well, definitely for doing a grouping that's similar. So y- yes, not in a, not in a gallery wall with a lot of different pieces of art, but if it were you know a grouping of botanicals or even maybe well, I guess like I've done a grouping before where it's different maps of different locations from different periods, and we've done let's say all the frames have had like a wood and gold element to them. So they're not the same, but they have a mm-hmm. little grain of consistency going through them. But in just mm-hmm. a gallery situation where you're like, here is a pile of art. Let's just go for it. No, I don't think it, you, you don't want them to match. You want them to be, feel, feel collected. Did you have anything else from the show house, Liz? I, I loved every room, even, even the bathroom and the bathroom smelled so fantastic. Whatever candle you had going on in there nest, was amazing. Nest, rose water and Himalayan sea salt. I was just searching on Amazon for like a pink, like a pretty, I wanted a pink candle and some nest has this scent, rose water, Himalayan salt. It went with our story. It was great. It smelled really good. And I was like, (laughs) rose water, it's kind of like rosé. It really was meant to be. You, you had a theme. It goes with the theme. I love it. I love it. (laughs) You have such a gorgeous portfolio and I just love to look into your spaces Mm -hmm. and um, the way you use traditional antiques, but again, you just make it so lively and ha- and your spaces feel so good. Um, 
you you make antiques look good is I guess the is what I was trying to say. I really appreciate it. Yes, love antiques. I mean, we there's really not much that that we won't work with. I mean, I love adding, going shopping with clients for antiques, purchasing them. I love like knowing what's in your grandmother's attic. We love to go to a storage unit and dig through what clients (laughs) have from you know old aunt whoever that we could we could use. That it's it's important if if antiques are something that has been in your family, even if they're not fine antiques, if they're just you know anything vintage, it didn't have to necessarily really be an antique. As long as it's special to you, I feel like we can make we want to try and make it work in people's houses. And then it's really fun to mix in if you if you have the opportunity to buy some really beautiful investment quality antiques. That's so much fun to research and and look for, for the right thing. It's also great to just you know, pick up something at a flea market or, um, you know, on there's so many now websites where you can kind of browse through vintage stores. So it, it can be pretty addicting. I mean, if you look at something even like live auctioneers, which I think is so, you know, it's, it's obviously auctions have been popular forever, but live auctioneers makes it just so easy to go there and <laughs> You know, you get fixated on something and you've got to win it and you are in the bidding thing. Yeah, it just um, <laughs> an obsessive, an obsessive hobby. So I think that shopping for antiques is is really fun. It's also, you know, just like, let's get something that we can get today or that we can get this weekend when we're going out, like poking around. Let's not necessarily feel like we have to order something brand new um, mm-hmm. if we don't have to. So I think it's a great it's just kind of a win-win all around if it works for what the client's aesthetic is. You use so many bright colors and so many fun colors in a lot of your designs. Are you, I want to know, like, how are you selecting colors? Is it starting with fabric? Is it starting with wall color? Is it starting with a rug? Where do you start? Well, a lot of times where we start with color on a project is with, you know, with the client. Like you'd be like, oh, look at your blue eyes, or oh, you love yeah. daffodils, or whatever it is. I mean, I think it's just kind of learning. We, I like all color. Uh, I do not use gray very much. I mean, a little bit when when it when a client really wants to, but I never gravitate towards gray. And um, I think color makes you happy. I mean, so I don't know who's ever been like super happy <laughs> in a. In a gray room with a gray sofa and gray lampshades. I don't know. But (laughs) I think color can really influence your mood. And I want to make, we want to make spaces that are joyful. And it really comes down to what the client's favorite colors are. Uh, You people don't come to my design firm or to me for a white box of a room. You know, we're just not going to be the we're not the firm that somebody is going to call up who wants a really minimalistic white space. So most of the clients that we have, whether they've been with us for a long time and we've sort of grown our, our love of color together, or if they're coming to me for the use of color that we do, it is, you know, it's something that they have in mind. They know that they're coming to us because we use color and because we can use it sparingly or use it really, really in a bold way. I like the bold way. <laughs> no, what? you have some gorgeous spaces too with subtle color for sure. But the one color that I kept noticing that kind of trickled through most of your projects is uh, this green. And yes, it changed a little bit, but most of the time it was like a Kelly green. It was either like a lamp, like one of your go-to lampshade colors or it was in the fabrics and it always was cohesive with the room, but <laughs> I just, I loved it because it love, was not. Yeah, um, I love green. We joke in our office that Celadon is our neutral. Um, <laughs> I love <laughs> like Matching Celadon tote bags. And we were just like, Celadon is, you know, Celadon is our beige. I love green and I love blue greens. I love emerald green, Kelly green, leaf green. Yeah. Love it all. I've always kind of been a green if you were like go green or blue you know either or I would definitely go green (laughs) I love it I'm a green person so that's probably also why I was like oh my god your headphones are green they are yes they are (laughs) 
Um, and then I did also feel like you didn't have a single like uh, white lampshade too. That's like yeah. a we don't not we a thing. I you know if I I will go like dragging and screaming to do everything I can to 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 have a embellished lampshade. Uh, we do white lampshades, but there's always a trim or top stitch or something mm-hmm. else on them. I love doing couture detailed lampshades. I mean, it's just so fun. Um, and I love mm-hmm. that Allard has so many amazing printed lampshades with trims, the top and the bottom. I mean, it's something that, you know, when you're reading them custom made, they can be really expensive. But we've used y'all's printed lampshades on a number of projects. They are so cute. And it just is a little way to elevate just the mm-hmm. whole space, the lamp, the whatever. Just It just makes it feel thoughtful. Like a lampshade is something that people easily just give no thought to. I mean, you know, you want mm-hmm. Target or something, you buy a lamp and it just comes with like a wonky shade on it mm-hmm. and it never fits right. And just you, people just kind of go through life accepting these subpar lampshades. <laughs> so, you know, which <laughs> you have a choice. You can elevate your lampshade. This <laughs> you this have a choice. white paper if you don't want it to. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so, no. yeah, I love a fancy lampshade. Well, I... I do too. I love it. And I've been working on some today, actually, for, for Ballard. More. So hopefully more. we'll have more. More, more the merrier. People want the fancy lampshades. Right? I think just, so too. I think that's one thing, like back to Instagram, you know, people who are design enthusiasts and are following different designers and looking at show houses and looking at, you know, looking at design in general, they're noticing things like this. You know, just people who... Maybe you're not designers and they don't have access to a designer or to the materials and craftsmanship that it takes to, to, you know, find the person who can make a beautiful custom lampshade. But having a source like Ballard where you can get online and find something that is custom is just such a little way to, 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 to give a custom touch to anybody's interior. So, and with that, like you're seeing everything all the time, there is that exposure to design like it's never been before through social media platforms. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, fancy and lampshade. just that ev- everything is special. That's what I love mm-hmm. about design is like some of the most simple things that you use day to day can be beautiful. And mm-hmm. again, it, c- it can be white and plain, but it also can right. be so much more too. People so. say, I have clients sometimes, they'll say, like, what's the most important thing? Like, what is it? You know? Is the sofa, Uh is the rug, is the wallpaper. And I'm like, it's all important. Like there's nothing (laughs) that is not important. Everything is important. We can't pick. That's funny. Choosing a child. They are all important. And we all must (laughs) give them their thought and planning. Well, I also noticed in your work, you love a wicker set. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you're buying them new or old, but in a, most yes. your sunrooms, you have like wicker and I love it. Yes, I do too. I've always loved wicker. On my back porch, I have a set of wicker that was my great grandmother's that has probably been painted 30 times. Um, and <laughs> I, I get the cushions recovered like once every two years. I love, love vintage wicker. And I love, there's, you know, there's so many sources now that are making great looking wicker. They can get in different colors. And it's just so, it's so like, it's sort of comforting. You know, it's, it's almost like, um, it's like, like, to me, a wicker chair is just, you know, like, it's just like you think of a comfort food, you know, maybe it's like creamed corn and mashed potatoes <laughs> or some lima beans or something that are really good like it's just a good like southern comfort food i feel like wicker is that for the home like it's just comforting and it makes you feel like there's a story and it's ground it's just it's great and i like it indoor and outdoor and all over you also use a lot you were talking about pedestals at the at the show house and how that was a theme but you um and use a wall bracket like nobody else too yeah i love a grouping (laughs) on a wall bracket (laughs) what do you what can i put on wall brackets because those are the Mm ones because we have worked with bunny williams ballard Mm -hmm. has for Mm -hmm. years and i remember she loved a wall bracket Mm -hmm. and that was the first time i learned about them and was and miles red wanted Mm -hmm. to do wall brackets he does the acrylic like the acrylic wall bracket Mm -hmm. so i have Mm -hmm. wall brackets that that are ballard Gosh, they're probably 12 years old or something. 
Like they, I've had them for a really long time and they have like a little beehive design at the bottom. And I remember taking y'all's wooden brackets. There was like a sort of a Chippendale one and a beehive one and something else. And we painted them every color and added a gold detail. And, you know, we've taken those (laughs) Ballard brackets and really done a thing or two with them. Um, over the years, but they're you know, custom. It's kind of like yeah. How do I use them though? A custom bracket is so expensive. I mean, a really high end custom bracket, if you're going to have it made, can be literally like six to eight hundred dollars for a custom beautiful wall bracket. Crazy. So having Yikes. a design that is really accessible that you can use and. from Ballard is great. How do you use them? Well, I like to use them all different ways. I love to put them in a gallery wall right there with either a plate or a Staffordshire dog or a ginger jar or whatever on top of it. Um, I have them in my living room with uh, Blanc de Chine, um, geishas, vintage geishas on them that are all white, like on gold brackets, all white. I love using, um, I love black and gold brackets. Like I love a black and gold combination really with anything with blue and white, all multiple colors. So I, I typically like to put more of an object on a bracket than a plate because a plate you can just put mm-hmm. on the wall. Um, so I like it to be either a vase, a vessel, a, fig, a figurine. And when I say a figurine, you know, maybe it's like a blue and white porcelain sort of ancestral figure, um, it doesn't, you know, it's not like a, like a figurine, like a, like a humble figurine. That's not what I'm, it's not what I'm, <laughs> you know, like a, like a chic figurine. And I, I think, like I said, Staffordshire dogs are great. Busts, you could do anything that's, that's really three-dimensional and that's a decorative item. I feel like could work on brackets, food dogs. They're, I mean, you know, animals, mm-hmm. lots of different kinds of animals. Anything that needs a little like it like you know it can be floating on the wall by itself <laughs> just put a little <laughs> museum wax underneath it and get it sturdy and they look great mixed with other things whether it is artwork or plates on the wall or surrounding you know flanking a mirror uh flanking you know i love the way that brackets look when they're just all surrounding like a, a doorway if you have a bigger bracket at the top and then you have come smaller ones around. It's a really a way that you could make a very interesting statement around a front door. But you do have to be careful when you are hanging things like that in somewhere where there's like a slamming door. <laughs> so oh, if it's yeah. if things are shaking around, mm-hmm. maybe use a little bit more of that museum wax or double-sided um, kind of tape that you can like peel off the back and put on something so it's really sturdy. Smart. I really Smart. need somebody to come out with a good faux bamboo wall bracket all right taryn get on that yeah add that to your list some some people i I don't know of any that are out there right now that are a good like a faux bamboo you could do it in a gilt and in like a like a faux tortoise look would be really um would be really good and then always like black with the little gold detail in the little bit of gold Mm -hmm. all right all right coming to Ballard soon. <laughs> <laughs> I am the one to talk to, but I um, no, it's so true. I feel like you use them so well and your work is such a great example of like, when I'm looking at it, I'm like, I need wall brackets. I, I don't know what I'm going to put on them, but I, I need them. Well, and you also, you know, I was mentioning some of those like websites that you can get on and find uh, vintage things. You can find some really interesting vintage and antique wall brackets um so yeah it's fun anything else three-dimensional on a wall is good okay what what was your most recent shopping hunt for like furniture wise or interiors okay well my most recent shopping hunt was maybe (laughs) was yeah well wasn't me it was one of the designers on my team but yesterday we were they were shopping for lampshades and mirrors and I was, I don't even know what I was doing, but getting pictures of, I'm trying to think the last time I was like physically shopping and hunting. I went to, um, spent the afternoon during the week between Christmas and New Year's at a place in Atlanta called Antiques and Beyond on Cheshire Bridge Road, which is like a treasure trove of vintage goodies. Um, and I was just kind of shopping for fun, not really for anything specific. 
I shop online, like it, don't quote me on saying this, but like at every stoplight, (laughs) 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 can't get enough of it. So I'm constantly looking at these vintage, I mean, even if it's like Etsy and eBay, I'm just always like have certain things saved in my searches that I want. And, you know, it's like, hey, the match for your fretwork wall bracket. Here it is. (laughs) So all the time. That's funny. Never not. <laughs> Thank you for that honest answer. Never, like <laughs> never not shopping. True. Liz, do you have any more questions for today? I really want to get onto this decorating dilemma. This one, I've been thinking about this one for a little while. Mallory, I think you will love this one. So I'll read it and then we'll have you give advice. All right. It says, hi ladies, I'm submitting my dilemma for consideration and have framed out a couple direct questions that may make it easier. So here's my dilemma. It's my kitchen. Okay. The background, we purchased a hundred year old craftsman home. I'd say overall style, our overall style leans a bit more modern, but with a traditional emphasis to help honor the home's history and built in character. This is not a forever home, but the kitchen definitely needs an upgrade. It's a fairly small space with a funky layout, including a half bath, a built-in booth, and a door leading to the basement, which is opposite the fridge. At first, I thought the booth would be the first thing to go, replacing it with some sort of pantry shelving situation, but it's become a highly used area of the home that I'm not sure I want to lose. I also totally dislike the powder bath. The powder bath is in the kitchen, but it's the only one in the main floor, and I'm not prepared to lose that. As far as cosmetics, while it's charming in a vintage Airbnb type of way, it all has to go. Rather than replacing the mostly original cabinetry, I like the idea of painting them since they've been previously painted already. All right, so her questions are, she's four. One, my dining room next to the kitchen is a deep purple with white beadboard. What color would you recommend in the kitchen for a neutral but warm wall trim color that could coordinate? Two, I love green gray color for the cabinets. What are your thoughts? Three, I like to do tile flooring, something unique but traditional to mirror the history of the home. Any ideas? And then four, I like the idea of making the built-in booth area a statement piece, but not sure where to start. What are your thoughts on the fabric for the booth and the window? Thank you for your consideration for my dilemma. Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. There are a lot of things on this list. <laughs> and she's got such a cute old kitchen. I mean, charming. it's really cute. It, I mean, I I think that she definitely is. She's she's right. She has a few dilemmas here, but she's got a great, cozy, charming, darling little kitchen that just makes you want to like pull up a stool and have a cup of tea. I mean, it's 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 really <laughs> really charming, and I think that a hundred year old craftsman home. I feel like. Lauren, like you brought a hundred year old craftsman home. I think we lean into that and try to think about just freshening and updating the the traditional historic feel and not trying to make it modern. I don't think, I mean, you really, we're not going to be able to make this a modern kitchen unless you gut it down to the studs. So I think that we, we embrace what we have and we work with it and make it the best that it can possibly be without trying to make it something that it's not that for kind of forcing the hand on turning it into something that is a quote-unquote modern feel so I think we can update it I think we can make it feel cleaner and brighter and definitely more stylish but really hearkening back to that that kind of historic I know you said vintage it has to go but you got a vintage kitchen and the little breakfast nook just hammers home that vintage feel like nothing I've seen in a long time. It is so, so cute. I feel like you could just see a little family in the 20s sitting here eating their porridge mm-hmm. for breakfast or something. Um, no, the little booth. <laughs> yeah, the little booth is so quaint. Like if I built that into a new home, you'd be like, that's weird. But in a home of that era, no, it's cute. so sweet and charming. Well, you know, banquets. I mean, Bauer, y'all are like the queen. That's true. That's true. That's- you know, I mean, people do want to want a nook. I mean, they want to create an oh. area with a bank mm-hmm. out and a breakfast table. And this is your, this is the roots of your banquette right here. I think that it's great. So let's first, okay, Lauren, your first question is, 
let's talk about the color. Okay, so you love this kind of deep aubergine purple color that is in your dining room. And one of the really special things about your house, I see are these stained glass windows, which feel a little art deco, a little craftsman. I love the, the yellow and the orange. If you had not mentioned that you love green and gray, I would have definitely said, let's lean into this yellow and paint the walls a different color and then paint all of the cabinets yellow because yellow and purple work so well together. But since you, you didn't mention that, um, and I'm assuming yellow is not your favorite since it's already what is in the kitchen, let's talk about some colors that do look good mm -hmm. with the with the aubergine. Thinking about the different colors that are going to complement this aubergine, which is so rich, and I love the contrast of the dark purple with the white, and the fact that you mentioned green, I think that we should go with a very light, soft, almost celery salt green, a green that has a little bit more of a yellow base than a blue base. That's going to complement the purple tones much better than something that has a blue base. So we love, we've picked a Benjamin Moore color that we want to share with you. We love the idea of using on your cabinets and on the trim, Benjamin Moore 477 Stolen Moments. I think that's really pretty. It's light. You don't have a ton of natural light in this kitchen. So I think that that will bounce the light around and make the space feel like it has a little bit of internal sunshine. I think that you need to also add a crown molding that's period appropriate to the house in the kitchen because there's not one there now. It doesn't have to be what's in the dining room. They're definitely in old houses. It's kind of a hierarchy of spaces. So if you want to do something that's a little more simple, maybe look to some of the other areas in the house that are a little less formal than the dining room, put a crown molding up there and then paint all of the trim, the wood chair rail, the, the wood that's on the walls, the banquette, your door casings, your window casings, all of the cabinets and the trim painted all the same green color. Like I said, we love the stolen moments. Also like the idea of taking the stolen moments and cutting it either a quarter or a half with white and doing that on the walls. I think on the, on the, these cabinets, even though they're not going to be perfect, you know, perfect sheen because, or perfectly smooth because they're old, I think that you should go with a high gloss paint. Um, I think these cabinets have probably been painted, the, the ones that are original were probably painted with oil. I think that you could go back with an oil paint or with just a high gloss latex. And then I think on the walls that you should do an eggshell. So you have a lo lot of reflectivity in both of those, um, on both of those surfaces, especially on the cabinets. Then on your door, so we did a little sketch of your floor plan, trying to understand the challenges that you were facing with the door at the basement, across from the fridge, the door, and I'm guessing the door to the half bathroom is right by the nook. So you have these two doors. I think you should come in with another color on the doors. And I honestly think that high gloss black would look great mixed with this kind of celery salt green. You, let's see, another idea for your bathroom is it looks like you have Corian countertops. And this is a little bit of a, a bigger deal than than painting the cabinets. And I know you said this isn't your forever home, but let's be honest, they're not that many, they're not that many um, hundred year old houses out there. So there will always be a market for a beautifully updated historic home. So if you're feeling um, hesitant about putting the money into new countertops, I would say go for it. So in a in a in an old home, I think that you should probably just go with a simple Carrera marble. It's white. It can have a little bit of gray veining in it. That'll get you that little bit of gray that you said you liked. It feels appropriate for the period. And you just need to do a honed finish. And I would take that marble. This is something that would not have been historically precedented, but and run that up your backsplash. So you're eliminating the tile material. And that gives you a little bit more, I wouldn't say modern, but a little bit more of a clean, streamlined feel. Lauren, the next thing I think you should do is move that microwave. You have got a microwave right over your cooktop. Here's our idea. We think that you should lose the cooktop, 
get a range with an oven underneath it, have someone, uh, just a local craftsman build, or you could do a stainless steel one, a simple little hood that can ha- house your ventilation, and then put your microwave where the oven is in the peninsula. That would really, really update the look. And free up some space. Honestly, I think that all around that would be a good a good move. One of the other things that you could really do quite easily to update the space is new lighting. And we picked some lighting for Ballard that I think that you should use. So in your little breakfast nook, which is just super charming, we think that you should use the Margot Hanging Shade light fixture and pick one of the printed shades. So as we were talking about earlier, Ballard has all of these precious custom feeling printed shades. We think that you should do the Margot, pick your pleated shade of choice. We'll get a little print there. Then over the island, so right now in your nook and over the island, you have the same light fixture. And these just look like they were, you know, something from maybe a big box home store. So let's ditch those, do something a little more special over the island, we love the idea of the Calhoun pendant in antique brass, which is brass with kind of a white milk glass globe, which feels, you know, it has a little, it's, it's updated, but it's traditional. It can kind of, you know, it, it's not contemporary, doesn't feel modern, but it doesn't feel so old fashioned. It feels fresh. It feels updated with a nod to history. So those are your lightings. You can get two Calhouns, one Margot, pick your shade. And that'll be a great plan for your lighting. We're not done quite yet. So in addition to those things, we think that you should, especially in this breakfast nook, get rid of these curtains that are on this little rod. I think we should lose those curtains. And then I think that you should do one large Roman shade that you could mount up all the way to the ceiling height. And that will make your window look larger you can get a great little print. Um, you know, Ballard sells by the yard a couple darling patterns. We love the Fiore fabric, which is a floral that has the same purple that's in your dining room, it looks like, along with a lot of other colors. I think that would be really charming in this kitchen. You could do the Roman shade in the breakfast nook. And then depending on what your view is from the window over your sink, it's kind of hard to tell. It looks like you're looking at a neighbor's house. If you don't like the view, you could do a pair of cafe curtains that are mounted down a little bit lower. Then you can have them pulled all the time while still getting natural light above so you don't have to see as much of your neighbors inside of her house. <laughs> and those are our ideas. Let's see. Have we, have we addressed everything that Lauren even you more have on your list? she asked. And even more. Yes. This was so thoughtful. You guys are so no, kind I... to um, go into so much depth. And Yes. Oh, oh, and the floor. She mentioned the floor. She said, what can I do on the floor? It is, right now, it looks like she has hard, it looks, well, you know, I can't tell from the pictures if it's hardwood or if it's like a laminate, but she says in the, in her questions that she'd like to do a tile floor. And my recommendation for the tile floor is to go to a website called American Restoration Tile And they do fabulous mosaic patterns. I mean, some that are really updated, some that are more traditional feeling, and they have a range of colors. I think that you could pick your pattern. It feels absolutely appropriate to this period, um, time period in in a work in a kitchen, kind of, you know, back of house space. And you could pick something that has an aubergine, a white. If you paint those doors high gloss black, a black. And you just go to town customizing that. I think it would look so charming. And just like a very chic woman from a hundred years ago designed it to last stand the test of time. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm I am checking out American Restoration Tile. Uh, that website is fantastic. Oh, yes. it's so fun. She, if she does some of that flooring in there, it would like oh, great. knock the socks off. Oh, that. winner. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Mallory, for everything and figuring all this out and meeting us. And we just loved it so much. And I did too. It was a lot of fun. fun. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it air. And I really hope that Lauren reaches back out to let us know what she thinks about the suggestions that we've made for her kitchen. And if she implements any of them, she needs to send us some pictures. 
think if she's going to prioritize anything, she should do the lighting and, the, and paint the cabinets. The, the cabinets, the walls. Yeah, those are there. easy fixes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. lose the, and lose the curtains that are there. Fantastic. Well, where can um, people find you, follow you, see your work? So we're on Instagram at Mallory Matheson Inc. INC, like incorporated, Mallory Matheson Inc. And our, my website is just MalloryMatheson.com. We're working to upload a few new projects to that website. So hopefully there'll be some new things to look at soon. I would say the Instagram, as for anyone, is the place to get the latest and greatest of uh, what we're what's going on around here. And we're into something new every day. So we welcome all the new followers. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was such a treat. Thank you so much, Mallory. You're so welcome. I'm so glad that we all bumped into each other and were able to meet at the Flower Showhouse opening. And that initial kind of conversation about this turned into us really getting together and making something, um, something happen. It's great. Yeah, and wall brackets to come. Yeah, it's a little (laughs) right. Oh, good. Please put that put that on the on the roster. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!